0: Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's a radio podcast host, actor, musician, entrepreneur, and the CEO of Hound Comics. It's Brimstone. How are you doing today, Brimstone?
1: Oh, ho, ho, Alex, finally, Brimstone has made it to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Super excited, super stoked. I'm here hanging with my boy, Alex Briquette. We're going to be chilling for a while, and here I am over at Disney Resorts having a blast. What do you call it? I'm like, listen, I gotta, I gotta get on. I gotta get my rise to the challenge podcast on and here we are. So I'm ready to go. I'm all yours, brother.
0: I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up?
1: Well, you know, when a man and a woman love each other and they get together, um, you know, sometimes they have, oh, you didn't want to go that far back. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so I was, I was born and raised uh, on Long Island in New York. And, um, I was, I was born, uh, you know, to, to um, uh, what do you call it, in, in Mineola, New York. And, uh, you know, I was put into a situation where um, my mother and my father uh, wound up not sticking together. And uh, it was a big breakup. And, you know, I was, it, I found myself to be the, um, in, in a town where I was one of the only white kids. Um, and it was like, a, it's an all black town. It's Uniondale, New York. And uh, famous for the Nassau Coliseum, if you ever heard of it. And um, you know, I uh, I was growing up as as a you know, as a kid who, you know, my my mother and my father weren't together, and and you know, I was a young white Jewish kid <laughs> in an all black neighborhood. So it was a very interesting upbringing. Um, my my uh, first foray into entertainment was my mother wanted to bring me down to Sesame Street. And um, you know, she wound up get, get me booked on Sesame Street Romper Room, and uh, then I remember, you know, thinking back when um, Rice Krispies. I did some stuff for A One Steak Sauce. I mean, this stuff is so old. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I could find some of it. But what, what is funny is I actually did find recently. Um, my mother passed away a couple of years ago, so we were finally selling the house. And um, what do you call it, while we were going through, I found my original contract. Uh, with what do you call it for children's television network which was awesome and uh which was like a 3 month contract uh and for a kid that's like 5 years old it's not bad so what do you call it uh then move uh, a little bit forward and we we found that I actually had um very good representation when I was a kid I had like three different agents and I had all their contracts <laughs> so that which was a really really cool thing um but what do you call it? Uh, you know, that, that was like my first foray into entertainment. Um, but again, my mother and my father were, were getting a divorce. And, um, you know, I wound up having to take a, a step back because, you know, things just things that happen in, in a divorced home. My, my father, you know, was like, well, I'm supposed to have him those weekends. And my mother's like, well, he has an audition. And he's like, well, I don't care. You know, <laughs> you know even though he, he loves to see me in entertainment, you know, it was when I was a, when I was a kid, that's what was going on so you know moving forward the reason why i told you about the situation that i was in is um what do you call it where where uh you know as the the white kid in, in the, the black neighborhood is that um you know i found my first love which was uh drumming and um what do you call it and the fact was is i grew up hip-hop so you know like all everything i did every groove that i laid everything was hip-hop based you know what i mean and i i absolutely loved it and and I was like, you know, I want to be, I want to be rock star. That's what I want to do. I want to do, I want to do something big in music and whether it's rap or whatever it is. Um, Then I wound up, my mother wanted to pluck me out of, in middle school, they wanted, she wanted to pluck me. It was called, it was called junior high school then, by the way. I get yelled (laughs) at when I say junior high school by my wife and my kids because they're like, you sound like you're prehistoric when you say that, but it's middle school. (laughs) It's middle school. Um, What do you call it? They, they, she plucked me out of, of middle school. And I had a severe culture shock because she put me in an all white Jewish private school. So I went from one place to the next. That's why I told you, you know, my situation. So you could kind of understand, you know, where I was going a little bit later on. So (laughs) I, I, she put me in there and I was like all, all against it. And um, what he called, she was just like, no, no, you're going here. It's not safe to go to this school. And I'm like, whatever. I was friends with everybody doing things that the chief should never know about. But, um, (laughs) you know, I wound up going to, uh, to this private school and, um, you know, I, uh, at first I didn't fit in. I was like, you know, I was, I was different, you know, I was very different. And, um, what do you call it? A lot of the kids there had many different issues. You know, there's always a reason why somebody goes to private school. Um, but what do you call it? Uh, one of the, one of the, the, the problems was you had a lot of these little rich white kids who you know, had silver spoons in their mouths. And, you know, here I was coming in, wasn't necessarily rich. We had you know, very little money. We were in the the area we were in and, um, what do you call it? And they made fun of that and they made fun of me and what do you call it? uh, That was the very beginning of my schooling there. Um, and it took me actually beating the snot out of a kid in, uh, in the middle of the school to gain the respect, uh, which should have never been the case, but, you know, but to gain the respect of the other kids around me. And, um, after that, I started fitting in more and I made friends and I had, you know, a good grouping of people that I was friendly with. And it's funny because a couple of the people that were the ones that picked on me were the ones that I became good friends with. So, um, you know, here's, you know, it's a, it's a good preface to never judge a book by its cover. And um, that being said, you know, uh, with the kids from that school and, and the friends I made, I got very into, I was, I was exposed for the first time to like metal and rock and so forth. So between that and my hip hop background, you know, like I was just became a lover of all music and I wound up going on to to do school um, to uh, college to you know, do music. And uh, it was it was a it was a pretty crazy, crazy, you know, time. So that was my first, you know, real, you know, not with not under my mother or father or anything. I did music and I just started playing everywhere and doing everything. And that's really where I learned, um, you know, a lot of the business. Um, you know aspects of business that i still use to this day in terms of guerrilla marketing and you know what i mean and just research you know, research. <laughs> you know what i mean the biggest thing in in business in general relationships so um you know that was that was pretty much where i i got started i'm sorry i could be very long winded especially when i've just woken up
0: so, <laughs> Did you always like being in the entertainment industry or did it take away from you having like a personal life and making friends and kind of interacting where as you've gotten older that it was hard for people to understand who you were as a person?
1: So that's a double-edged sword, that, that question. Um, I didn't have issues making friends because I, I, you know, all throughout my life, I've always been, it's been easy for me to kind of talk to people and meet people and build relationships so you know, I've never had an issue with with making friends. Um, you know, especially being in entertainment. Funny thing is, is, when you're in entertainment, people are more drawn to you. Um, but what do you call what what the issue became later on is how friendships worked and how friendships um, twisted and turned depending on who was there with me before I got my breaks, and then you know who was with me after. There's there's so many different aspects of of you know of entertainment where you know you, there are a lot of people that you know they just don't understand what goes into it and they don't understand the time and effort that you have to put into it. So friends of yours that have been friends of yours for years, then all of a sudden, well. Now you know Brim's going on tour for a bit, or Brim doesn't have a chance to call because he's working on X, Y, and Z, or mm-hmm. you know, at the time, you know, uh, you know, I was away, you know, doing you know wrestling, or now like my schedule's so stacked, you know, it's hard for me to keep up with people. You could still call me, and I'll take the time. I'll make I'll break a little bit of time off just to sit and have that conversation because I do care about you. But um, a lot of people don't understand that you can't be accessible 24-7 like you once were. So that kind of lit some people's rear ends on fire. Um, then you've got other people that, you know, are, you know, because I'm, I'm a big believer of bringing the people up that are around you. And um, matter of fact, with the Grindhouse Radio, my interns, you know, for, for Hound Comics Inc. are actually, you know, two of them are my partners now you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Like I, I bring people up from, from, uh, you know, that come up with me. And, um, you know, one of the things that I found is that some people get very, when they're not in the spotlight, but the person that they're, you know, kind of with, you know, is in the spotlight. Um, a lot of these people, not a lot, but a good portion of people get a little bit jealous, um, you know, because they're like, well, if he's doing it. Well, why can't I, where, what, where's my, recognition. I'm here too. I'm doing stuff. but Well, sometimes it doesn't work that way. And as much as I care about you and I love you, you know, I'm not, you know, I can't just say here, you're in the forefront or, you know what I mean? That's, it's not for me to do. So a lot of people um, that I've had, I've had the issues with a couple of people in my past uh, who have caused major, major issues with me, who I thought were my my friends. Some of them I thought were family. And, um, and, and they caused big, big problems for me in the industries that I was in, um, you know, but, you know, again, it, it's failure or, or issues like that are like a badge of honor because you take those little seeds that you get from failure and you use them to plant the, you know, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, the trees that have grown become the, you know, the swinging vines to your next success. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've always taken those failures as a, a means to take it two steps back reevaluate, learn from them, and then move 10 steps forward. Um, and then like, kind of like bamboo spread out, <laughs> you know? So that's the, you know, in terms of, of friendship, then you've got the people that will, you know, want to just be friends with you because of who you are and they want to ride your coattails or or they just want to hang out with somebody just because they've got a name, you know, name value. So there's, there are different, there are different levels and different pieces of that puzzle. So that is a loaded question that you asked.
0: Um, You know, I
1: hope I answered it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, I hope I answered it. Was there any musicians growing up that were inspiring to you that you kind of wanted to kind of be like them, not like copy them, but kind of use them as inspiration when you were making music and stuff?
1: 100%. What do you call it? Uh, Huge, huge, huge uh, guys that that I looked up to when I was younger. Uh, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, um, Rod Morgenstein from Winger of Dixie Dregs. Uh, Fred Corey from Cinderella, uh, Jimmy DeAnda from the Bullet Boys. Funny enough, I'm friends with all of them, except for Tommy, who I finally did meet a couple of years back, uh, which is another story in itself. But um, what do you call it? But all of them, great dudes, great guys, amazing drummers. And, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, when you, when you're looking at, when you're looking at these guys, you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, I, I was idolizing them in terms of the fact that like, I just loved the way they, not just the way they played, but the, the, the showmanship. You know what I mean? Because back when the 80s bands, the 90s bands, you know, they had big hair, spinning sticks, throwing them off, up in the air, catching, doing different, you know, just the showmanship, you know, just made me, I, I was like, I want to do that. I want to be there. I want to I make that work. I want to make that happen. And, um, what do you call it? Yeah. For, 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 uh, many reasons, a lot of these guys just, just really intrigued me to, to just get better. And, um, you know, and it was funny because I used to play backwards. I was self-taught. So I played backwards on my drum kit. And then, uh, when I, when I started taking regular lessons, um, What do you call it? My my teacher was like, you do realize you're playing backwards, right? I was like, (laughs) no, I didn't know that. So he switched me and made me play the you know standard, um, you know, with with hi hat, you know, and and snare on the left. Um, What do you call it? When I was playing on the right. So what's funny is that years later, um, and I'm out of out of music at that point. I'm you know I'm just I'm I'm wrestling, and I might have even been out of wrestling. No, no, I was still wrestling at that point you know, I be- became friendly with uh, Rod Morgenstein and um, Rod, <laughs> Rod and I was sitting and chatting and I realized, I was like, wait a minute. He, I was like, you play backwards. He goes, yep. And I wasn't going to tell. That's why he's like, that's why I don't play on anybody else's kit. I can only play, I only play on my own kits. I was like, that is insane. Um, what do you call it? Because I'm sitting here thinking all those years that I was doing it wrong. And I never realized, I never even thought to, to do any research. like I mean, we couldn't do research back when, you know what I mean? Because we, we didn't have the internet, you know, like now anybody could go on Google and look things up. Like now, you know, then we, we didn't have the luxury of that. So it was funny, you know, uh, being able, you know, Rod and I go out and we went to, to dinner one day and, you know, we just sitting and chatting about that. And I said, you know, it's insane, you know, um, the, the stuff that you did and he's like, and, and, and apparently you were doing it all backwards. <laughs> You know, so uh yeah, great, great guy, great musician. And again, you know, like there's there's different stories for each person, but uh Jimmy DeHando very close with now. He was the Bullet Boys, um, and, and the Bullet Boys, you know, were, were a great band. They were never they never achieved the name value that you know Motley Crue or Poison did, you know, and Ricky Ricky Rockets, another friend and another amazing drummer. Um, you know, but these guys, but Jimmy and the Bullet Boys, they, they were just my, they were my favorite band. I don't know why, but they were just my favorite band back when. And I actually, I stole one of his licks, uh, and I used it, uh, as the, the you know, my, my, um, my drum part for one of the songs I did in the band called Image. And it was an all, all instrumental progressive rock band. And, uh, what do you call it? We, we, we I played this one lick throughout the entire song and people loved it. And, uh, what do you call it? The, um, Eventually, I wound up meeting with, with uh, Jimmy. We met online uh, and, and we've been friends ever since. And, uh, and I told him, I was like, look, I got to be honest with you. I stole one of your drum licks and I used it years ago. He's like, that's amazing. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> so he's just such a down to earth dude. And, and anybody who is looking to follow, uh, follow people, just really cool people. Jimmy is one of those cool people that you just have to, you just enjoy watching him and, and having, he does lives on Instagram all the time. Just one
0: of the the most fun people I know, so. Well, when you were naming those bands, I come from a generation where it's all pop music and stuff, but like Mm -hmm. my dad had all these CDs of like 80s and 90s rock bands and got me listening to them. And as I get older, I just respect that era of music so much because it was so popular back then. And it's still popular today because we have radio stations that everyone listens to. So when you're naming those bands, I'm like, oh, I know these people. And (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I need to go look those up now because I want to hear them yeah it's you know what
1: it, and it's really crazy because now the stuff that i was listening to and into then is considered classic rock and i'm like wait a minute hold on <laughs> hold, hold a, minute, a minute how did when did that happen uh but yeah no it's 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 crazy really good stuff you know look there were a bunch of crap bands back then too but the whole point of hair man hair bands and metal bands were it was supposed to be fun it was you know like you know sex drugs rock and roll you know what i mean i was never into the drug part of that but you know everything else you know we we can we can we'll save that for another day but you know um but you know the rock and roll thing um the metal thing just, it was a lot of fun and um a lot of amazing musicians that you would never know were amazing musicians because you know they didn't they didn't go above and beyond in those projects specifically because they didn't need to yeah. you know what i mean like People people sleep on Winger like Winger is the band that uh, Rod Morgenstein's with, and um, when I t- <laughs> musically, everyone in that band is incredibly trained musicians. Uh, what do you call it? They're, they're, um, you know. And Kip Winger, who's the singer, uh, was a classically trained uh, ballet dancer. So you know, where people would sit and they would they would watch the videos. He was doing like spins and crap on stage. <laughs> and people had no idea they were just like wow that's pretty interesting that's pretty cool you know like they didn't put the thought of how many years went into training and so forth and you know learning uh but you know that again these bands um as simple as some of them might have sounded or as simple as some of the riffs were you know, they were they were just you know incredible for what they were doing you know what i mean and behind the scenes they were amazing musicians like people that would blow you away in that technicality. You just, it just never, never
0: showed it. As you were in college, music was a big passion of yours, but did you ever find anything else that you were passionate about?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I was hugely passionate about um, art for a long time and uh, comics, like that was a big thing for me. Um, It started right around the same time as the music. So like for me, you know, I started getting really involved in, you know, comic books and uh loved 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 batman and even though don't tell my co-host Greer that because i always I have to i always have to tell them how much batman sucks um but you know batman spider-man you know the x-men were huge for me the beast is my favorite character overall um you know what do you call it uh, oh my god uh uh gi joe was one of my my favorites ever um had all the toys i used to have to beg my parents come on please i need to get that toy i need that storm shadow or i need that snake eyes it's going to complete this and you know like um uh i would get i would get you know like all the comics and and all that and that that continued with me into into college as well um and i drew all the way through college even though i was playing in music i was still keeping up with the art and then after a while um, I just didn't have the time anymore and I just stopped drawing, you know. And every once in a while, I'll still pick up a pencil and and like doodle a little bit or you know, mess around and stuff. I, I wish I would have I, I stuck with it because originally I wanted to be a, a famous uh, artist and uh, comic book artist, but I didn't become a famous comic book artist, but I did become a comic book character. So that, that I think is pretty cool. I'll take that. I'll take that. And I'm the celebrity spokesperson for the Stan Lee Foundation. Stan was a friend of mine. So what do you call it? Uh, so for that, Um, you know, so things came full circle with that. Maybe not how I wanted them to be, expected (laughs) them to be, but that's how they came full
0: circle. Did you know after college, what path you wanted to take, or did you always have that image of this is the career I want and nothing's going to stop me to get there?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I said, I want to be, I want to be a musician. That's, that's my life. That's what I want to do. And, um, what do you call, I actually left school early um, i didn't finish college because I was out playing I was doing my thing um so that was that was my number one i i you know but again it comes down to being in a four way five way marriage you know what i mean and uh, sometimes it's hard to make one marriage work when you're with four or five other personalities it's not ever not necessarily something that's going to work out well all the time and sometimes you deal with cool people and other people just pieces of garbage so you know um what happened was you know, I, I just got sick of being in a five-way marriage, you know what I mean, and uh, and I moved along to something else, but in between that, you know, ins and outs of bands and so forth, I wound up, I was working, I was working regular nine-to-fives, but the, the nine-to-fives I was working was, they were all in the industry, so I was working for publications, and I was working for, here, you know, on Long Island is, you know, good times, the island deer and uh, you know, this one, that one, the next one, I worked for uh, the Long Island Voice, which was the Village Voice's little sister company. You know what I mean? It was the pet project of Beth Stern, who was, uh, Andrea Stern, rather, I'm sorry, who uh, was the the owners of, of the Village Voice's daughter. Um, and, you know, and she ran the Long Island version. Um, you know, it was high up in, in sales there, sales, marketing, and, and advertising. Um, what do you call it? And then Newsday, which is a big company here on the island in Manhattan, they're a big publication. They bought me from the Long Island Press, uh, the Long Island Voice rather. So you know, it was like I kept moving around, but I was doing the same thing in all of these different companies while I was playing. And the reason why I had these positions and the reason why I was, I was making good money then is because I built the relationships that I did while I was playing in all the bands and doing the music thing because I knew all the bar owners, I knew all the clubs, I did all the business work. You know what I mean? All the business stuff was me. Um, you know, I, I did all the guerrilla marketing. I did it. So I knew everybody in the area. I knew everybody from out of the area and I would be able to sell like the Dickens because people trusted me. You know what I mean? It's all about relationships. So, you know, I, I was very successful in, in doing all of those um, working for all those publications. And um, you know, I, I dipped out for a little while. I got my insurance license figuring, well, maybe I should do something, you know, within the the family business, you know, because my father is, is an in insurance and my stepmother's insurance. And I'm like, maybe I should do that. Um, but, you know, like that was, that was getting to the point where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I, I need to make some money, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, you, you, in an entertainer's life, there's always a couple of points, you know, cause it's always, you know, um, uh, peaks and valleys, you know, and sometimes we're you know, in those valleys, you start doubting yourself. Um, you know, when you realize, all right, you know, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I, I, there were a couple of times where I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to pay off. And, um, you know, then I would, I would flip it and I'd say, you know what, I got to believe in myself. I got to work harder. And, um, you know, and then I would kind of pick myself up and get back into one of those peaks and, and get myself out of the Valley. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until I was working for um, I, I wrestled I you know, went through all of wrestling and toured the wrestling and you know really built my name there. And then it wasn't until um, uh, I had taken a break for about a year or so, maybe a little bit longer, and out of wrestling, and I was just working for um, a company. I was doing a, a, I built a, a publication called the Employment Journal, so it was like a, a you know a career based. Publication, so that's where I learned, you know, publishing. Obviously, now for Howard Comics, yada yada yada. But I learned my publishing there. I learned um, a lot of different things, uh, you know, and and um, I was doing some career fairs, and I had some of the best, you know, selling career fairs in the company. And I did, I had the biggest book that was out there in the entire area. Uh, it, was, it was the biggest employment publication in New York, I've got to say. And um, that 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 being said. You know, after a while, I, you know, it wasn't fully mine. I'm putting in all this effort and this time and this this invested, you know, effort. And yeah, I was making decent money, but I was like, I don't like being on the thumb of somebody else. I don't like being under somebody else's thumb. I've already been there, done that, you know, on many occasions. I said, I'm done. And um, and I wound up, I started slowly getting back into entertainment. Uh, I started doing a whole bunch of red carpets, which in Manhattan, which was probably, you know, the bad thing because I was really selfish about it. And I took a lot of time away from my family that I shouldn't have taken away from my family. And uh, so, but I, but I, you know, I was, that's what happened. I went into Manhattan I was doing three or four different events a night, you know, going there and just beating everybody, at the press to the this, to that, the next thing, making sure that I was rubbing elbows with all the right people. And uh, you know, I, I kind of got myself back into the business and uh, into entertainment and uh, I started wrestling again. What do you call it? And um, what do you call it? And, and from then on in, I, I decided I'm done working for somebody else. And I stopped, and that was it. And for the rest of eternity, I have not worked for another person um, since. And you're talking about a lot of time has passed. So, you know what I mean? Um, from there, I built Hound Comics Inc., uh, Hound Entertainment Group, I built the Grindhouse Radio uh, Corp. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of other side hustles that I do on the regular. Um, I do voice work, I do, you know, acting, do, you name it, and I do it. So I do a lot of in- influencing, you know. So that's for me, you know, that I'm I'm I get to be Brimstone 24-7, which sometimes is a pain in the ass too. But, <laughs> you know, because technically that means I'm working for Brimstone, but no. Um, but no, at the end of the day, uh now it's me. I'm working for my family and working for myself, and uh, and that's it, man. You know, and I've never looked back and I never would look back. I I couldn't, I could never go backwards now. I like, you know what I mean? It could never go backwards. And it's crazy because people are always like, Oh, you know, you're not getting a paycheck every day or every week and blah, blah, blah. And you don't know. It's like, well, guess what? You know, but when I do get a paycheck, it's more than what you make in, you know, six months. So, (laughs) you know, so who are you, you know, who are you talking to? So don't look into my pockets. You don't know what's going on in my pockets. And, um, but regardless, you know it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, but it is a tremendous amount of work. A lot of people also think, well, because you're you're a a uh, you work for yourself, you could you could take time for whatever you want, and you can go. In. No, the fact is, being an entrepreneur, being an entertainment, and entertainers are entrepreneurs. Okay, and a lot of people get that twisted. Um, you know, uh, the fact is, is that if I don't work, I'm not making money if I'm not doing something, I'm not, nothing's happening. You know what I'm saying? So like, so here I am, you know, like I'm on vacation. I'm still having a conversation with you. I've got two other shows I've got to do that are my own. And then another two interviews to do as well. So I'm on my vacation. I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, X amount of shows today, you know, alone. So the fact is you, you always have to keep moving. You always have to keep working. And a lot of people get it twisted that you that Oh, well you can, you can do whatever you want. You can take the day off. You're having fun. It's like, you don't even have the slightest clue of how hard I work. You know what I mean? I'm up early a lot of the times, up late. I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm on social media 24-7. You know what I mean? It's not my wife. It's not my assistant. It's not my intern. It's me on social media, responding to everybody and doing all my social media work. You know, I got to do, you try doing, you know, uh, here's, here's an example of one of my days the last few weeks. I had to go my, on, on the day of my daughter's graduation, I wound up going into the studio, recorded for one, one uh, video game, left, went to the graduation with my wife and my, my little one, um, watched the graduation, then we went to lunch, did lunch, came back, I recorded for another video game, okay, at the studio, and then we did another show, and then I did more video game work following that until about three in the morning. So you tell me, you tell me who's working hard that day. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and everything's the voice. It's all my voice. So with that stuff, you know, what I mean? so if you're sitting now, you do, you know, your podcast and our podcast, do it, whatever it is, but you're doing your work and, you know, to sit and talk and, and be going and being on for however long, it's exhausting, right? Yeah. You know? So, you know, you try doing it now and being other characters for X amount of hours all day long and you know what I mean? And then being able to go and be up and smiling and, you know, be like, come on, man. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, Obviously the stuff with my family is effortless, but you know, like I'm talking about when I'm, you know, I'm going back and forth. It's like, I I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to, I just want want to keep my mouth shut. And which is funny because, you know, my wife would totally disagree with me on that. So you like to talk way too much. Um, But what do you call it uh, at the end of the day? You know, the, uh when, when you're doing this stuff, it's like, it's a very, it's, it's a strain on your vocal cords. Um, and and the reason why I do it, people don't stay in the studio as long as I do necessarily. And the reason for that is because they're working for other people and that, you know what I mean? They're working in their studios. So I'm doing it out of my own studio. So, you know, for the ones that I'm doing that, I don't have to be in someone else's studio, doing it in my studio. So I want to get it all done in a certain amount of time so I can get on to the next project if that makes sense to you.
0: So I just just had an interview with someone and we were talking about, he was an entrepreneur and talking about, it took him 10 years to finally take a break. And (laughs) because he wanted to work and if he, he tried to take out time, but he knew that if he wasn't working, like you said, you weren't working, you weren't getting that paycheck, you weren't supporting the family. So it's totally understanding. And I think I think a lot of people can relate to that if they're in the entrepreneurial stage because they're working so hard, but they forget that they still have to enjoy everyday life and stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. There's one. It's very important that people learn that they have to stop and smell the roses every once in a while, Um, you know, because that mental health is very important as well. And, you know, that's why we took this sabbatical, um, because, you know, for many reasons, you know, um, one like I said, I, I think before, you know, on air prior, you know, the last year and a half with, with COVID and, and my kids being stuck, you know what I mean? In the house and not seeing anybody doing anything and so forth and, you know, uh, remote learning. And then myself, I've been, you know, the same thing myself and my wife, have been stuck in, you know, inside, I've been in the same, I've been in the same, you know, four walls between my, my house and my studio. You know what I mean? And after a while, they're like, okay, I got to get out because I'm so used to touring. You know what I mean? I'm used to being out and about, so I'm like a caged animal sitting in, you know, these in whether the house or the or the studio. I'm like, I got to get out. I got to do something. I, I got to be somewhere. Um, but I also needed to take a break. Um, and when uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my son and I went because I have a couple of new hot sauces coming out um, to come into my line. A couple of the old ones are coming back. And uh, what do you call? It? So my son and I went down to. Uh, We're in New York, so we went to Pennsylvania to my co-packers and the people I partner with, which is Torchbearer Sauces. And um, what do you call it? It was so good to be, you know, just not because I wanted to be away from my family, but, you know, although my son was with me, but it was so good to just be out. You know what I mean? You know, after so long um, and kind of on my own terms, I'd done a couple of different events in between that were towards the tail end of the, I mean, COVID's still here. It's not over towards the end of, you know, the really heavy mm-hmm. COVID times. Um, and one of them, one of the foodie events, and I don't want to name which one it was, but I mean, my son and I, I, was, I, was ju- I was judging or I was supposed to judge. I wound up not judging that day. We wound up doing some other stuff, but my son and I were there. And, and um, when I tell you, like, we were, we were, it was outside, but it was shoulder to shoulder people. And I was just overwhelmed because remember, I, I was the first one back i haven't been around people in that long you know like so it was just such a weird feeling and overwhelmed and i never overwhelmed with a lot of people i'm like okay whatever i'll get up in front of however many people and sit and yap yeah, i'm i'm cool with that you know like so but for me um you know for that that first event back it was just mind blowing um how people were just acting like everything was normal um so you know that was the first one back the second one i did was um the uh, rib king New York City, and that was another foodie event because I'm in the foodie world too. And that one, it was that was outside as well, but it was so spread out that it was a lot more comfortable. And that kind of got me, made me feel a little bit better. And then, uh like I said, you know, taking that trip to PA made me. It was it was it was a nice change. um And I wish my whole family came with me, but you know, what were they going to do? They, my my daughter was finishing up school. My my wife was still working. So, we just had to wait until everybody was done. And I was like, now's the time. It's either now or never. We need to go away.
0: (laughs) Let's do it. And uh, here we are. So, what was the hardest part about being a wrestler? Was it being on the road, doing the actual act or performance? What was the hardest part about it for you?
1: You want to know the truth, the politics. What do you call it? The politics of the business. and the sneaky, snaky people that are in the business. Um, that, was, that was the toughest part of it. There are a lot of people that, that want to either ride on your coat feathers and then try to stab you when, you have, when they have the chance. You know what I mean? And that's, that's unfortunately um, the way the business runs. Not all people. I don't want to say all people. I don't want people to get a bad you know, uh, a bad taste in their mouth about it. But here it is. If, if in, in the industry back when, it was a brotherhood. Um, you know, and, and that's what I loved about wrestling back when all, it was a brotherhood. Everybody looked out for each other, you know, and, uh, you know, you work with each other because it's a dance. When you're in the ring, you're working with somebody, you know, you guys are, you guys are dancing with each other. You're not there to hurt each other. You're there to put on a show and bring home a paycheck. Everybody's there to work for their families and make some money and, uh, and rise. That's it. And, uh, you know, there was a code, um, unfortunately somewhere along the line, you know, that code started getting very blurred. Um It's not as much as people might be like, oh, yeah, it's a brotherhood. You know, at this point, it's not as much of a brotherhood as it was once, as it was once was. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of politics and people like, you know, talking and yapping. And the fact that the internet is there now makes it that much worse because it's not, it's not, it's not a mystery anymore. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not what it was. It's not, you know, back when we used to speak carny just to, just to talk to one another so people wouldn't know what we were talking about. You know what I mean? The, the heels and the faces wouldn't, wouldn't be traveling with each other or showing up to events together or hanging out after, party, after, uh, after events with each other because, you know, you're not supposed to be, you know? And, and it's, it's the, whole, uh, the whole allure of wrestling, you know? And, um, you know, again, it's changed a lot over the years. I love wrestling for what it was. Not for what it is um, and what I when I when I never get back into the business I wouldn't say that I might um, my wife says otherwise but you know I'd always consider it and um, you know because I do love being in the ring I love being being you know being brimstone in the ring but at the end of the day I'm cool being brimstone out of the ring um, where I kind of run my own thing and I do whatever I need to do and I get to do a lot of things like next up would be would be the bumps you know what I mean you know you're, you're talking about you know, consistently, you know, putting your body through trauma. Um, now, does that mean that it wasn't fun? I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I liked the physicality. One of the reasons why I wanted to do it was from the physicality aspect. Um, so like for me, I would, I would do the bump, I'd bump just for the hell of bumping. Um, one of my favorite things to do is when I was training my, my students was to do the bumps and bump with them. You know what I mean? So like I never had an issue with that. That was always cool with me. That's probably also why my body is not what it should be. <laughs> but, but that, that being said, um, you know, after that is um, what do you call it? Uh, the touring, because that, that took me away from uh, my family for for way too long when, when my kids, my older kids were younger. So um, that was, the touring was really brutal on that. And, uh, and I was away a lot. So that being said, you know, that's, that's, you know, from the top to the bottom <laughs> in terms of, of what was the worst, but the politics by far, politics are the worst part of the business because you've got the really good people and the people that are, you know, you know, they run by the code of the business and, you know, they're, 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 they're just genuine. And then you've got the real garbage people take advantage of anybody they possibly can. And unfortunately that's the way it is in any business. So, you know what I mean? You're going to have to deal with that no matter which angle you go at, whether it's an entertainment, whether it's a business, whether you're working for, you know, you're working at a retail store, it doesn't make a difference. You're always going to have that close politics. So hope that makes sense.
0: Did it make it hard to trust people in that situation where you didn't know what was being said maybe about you or if they were going to affect your future? Cause you're trying to make money for your family. And if they're not getting, if they're taking away opportunities from you, that it's going to hurt you in the long run.
1: Uh, to a certain extent, but the, the thing is I have the relationships and I always had the relationships. Uh, so that never bothered me. And, and to be completely honest, to be completely honest, um, I don't care what haters say that it doesn't, doesn't affect me. I still do me. I still do whatever I want to do. I'm, un, I'm unapologetically authentically me. You know what I mean? That's it. And, and I don't care. I don't care if you don't like me. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. You want to talk smack about me? No problem. That's free advertising. You know what I mean? Because once people go and look me up, they'll realize that, oh, okay, well maybe what this person was saying wasn't necessarily so true. Um, you know, and the fact of the matter is is I've never had an issue with, with, uh, you know, making new, new contacts or, you know, making new, doing business with people that's never bothered me. So no, that, that never, when I'm, when I said it's time for me to be done, it's because I said it was time for me to be done. Not because somebody else, you know, said that I wanted to get out before being, you know, in my fifties and still bumping around in a ring. You know what I mean? Um, and I also wanted to explore other options and other opportunities. Um, you know, I wanted to see what else was out there and I wanted to enjoy life. Um, and you know, my father, when, when he was younger, didn't get to continue in entertainment. He should have been a pro golfer. Um, and then what do you call it? He was also a a singer and, and, you know, he self-taught guitar, but you know, great, great singer. And, um, you know, all that was cut short. So even though he still sings and he still plays guitar, um, It's not the same as being out in the forefront, doing, you know, doing the things that I do and being out there and, you know, kind of just being able to do whatever the hell I want to do and enjoy life. Does that make sense? You know Yes. So that's, that's it. And are things hard sometimes? Sure. Are things, you know, but are things easy most of the times? Sure. You know, we could do whatever my family gets to do things that other families don't get to do. You know what I mean? We get to enjoy things that other people don't get to enjoy. And, you know, and, and, but, you know, it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that everything's perfect in the world of the brimstones, you know, we've got other things going on and, you know, like, but, (laughs) but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business and I'm in business and I'm doing 50 different businesses under my brimstone umbrella under the GHR umbrella, umbrella under the hound umbrella. So there are so many different things at work, but I get to enjoy, you know what I mean, being me
0: you know what i mean and i would never ever look back your son is at an age where he understands everything he's old enough that he understands the sacrifices that you made have you had that conversation with him to kind of steer him into the direction where the sacrifices doesn't take over his life where he still gets to enjoy what he loves doing outside of work
1: yeah um what do you call it? actually so my son is 20 and um you know, and he understands certain sacrifices need to be made, uh, but he also understands that, you know, there has to be a, a happy medium. Um, you know, what do you call it now? He's first, like I said, he was, we were all had, you know, ready to move crazy forward. Um, he was playing lacrosse, you know, in high school and, and he was set for college and they right at the beginning of the school year for his first year of college, uh, he was working and got electrocuted at work and uh, that, that kind of him through the ringer for the and then COVID, so it was like one problem after the next, and um, so he finally just got—I don't even know if he got cleared completely, but um, you know he was—he was—he wasn't able to play for the longest time. I had him set up with with the what do you call it? You know, he, listen, he did all the work. I just made the connection. He did all the work, but he was set up with the, the Long Island Lizards, which was the what do you call it? The um, uh, the the Long Island, well, the New York um, Major League team. Uh, so he was doing all the work with them. He was working with some of the best guys in the business. He was, he was, uh, you know, uh, an assistant coach for all the main guys that are, you know, all the big players. Um, and then when he called, so he would have had a nice easy way in had he could been able to continue. But over the last year and a half, two years, you know what I mean? It was, it's been nothing but issues, not from his doing, but from, you know, life, you got, you got electrocuted because he was working retail position, um, then he was back and forth with all that, you know, for, for the longest time. Then COVID all of a sudden happened, then that shut everything down. Now you can't play sports, you can't do anything, you know, I mean? but he couldn't play it anyway because he was dealing with all the, the problems from the electrocution. So it was like, you know, it was an ongoing thing. Now, you know, whether he wants to continue or go back to, to lacrosse, I don't know, but we've opened up a new door. And, um, you know, one of the things that he really loves to do is cook he's going to school for nutrition. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, which is great because he can get me a little slimmer. That would be nice. Was, gained a little too much around the edges over the years. Um, but what do you call, especially this trip? I ate way too much. Um, but don't listen, don't sleep on that stuffed crust pizza, man. You had some of that last night. It was pretty badass. I was, I was impressed. Uh, but that being said, you know, one of the things he, he loves to do is cook. And, um, we go, so we had, you know, we had been talking about doing, um, something fun for youtube or you know or social media because i did a thing called food hound tidbits i you know while i was on tour and that was before you know food things were huge on social media and youtube like now everybody and their mother does it on on you know youtube and social media and they're they're a chef and whatever okay great no whatever but food hound tidbits we did while we were touring and um it was a great great show and we had a lot of fun then we were pretty big on food tube and and blah 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 so um, we did that for about three seasons and, um, what do you call it? So my son and I were sitting and talking and we were like, all right, well, maybe we'll, we'll do something on social media, whatever. And now what do you call it? We are going to be doing something that I can't talk about. It's not on YouTube. It's actually on something much bigger. Um, and it starts filming not long after we get back. So I can't talk about that more than the, that, but that you get a little bit of a, little bit of a touch on there. Um, so we're going to be doing something he's going to be shooting with me for uh, we're doing our own series. And um, that is going to a streaming service that I cannot say as of right now. Um, that being said, what do you call it uh, between that and then um, both well, two of my kids, what do you call it, um, Dylan and, and Haley, um, are both going to be doing voice work in some of the video games, uh, a little bit of video game and the one of the cartoons that I'm involved in. Uh, they did their auditions and they got in on their own merit, not because of me. And um, what do you call it? Beating, you know, so they're, they're on their way. And if they want to continue in entertainment, great. If they don't, great. You know, whatever they want to do is is fine with me. As long as they're not swinging around on a pole, I'm all right. You know, <laughs> and my, my older daughter, my older daughter, she didn't say she didn't do entertainment. She went and um, she dabbled with it a little bit when she was younger. She wanted to do the model thing. so. I had all my my friends from Top Model were sitting giving her hints and you know what I mean? And, and her Aunt Claire, you know, was which from, from Top Model, um, what do you call it? Claire was, you know, whatever you need. And she was always trying to give her tips and pointers and so forth. But, um, you know, she decided that she didn't want to do it anymore. And that was that. And I was like, okay. And, uh, you know, now she's a teacher, you know, so she teaches upstate. She's got a great job and, you know, right out of school teaching. So, you know, 24 and, and, uh, and doing well. So, um, you know, that's I, hard work and effort pays off, you know? So that's it. It doesn't matter what industry you want to be
0: in. As long as you put the effort in, put the time in, you know, you'll, you'll succeed. I love everything that you've done in your career, like all the different areas. Cause it just says, and just talking to you, I can just feel the passion that you have for it. And when you say the things that you can't talk about, it's now, now I'm looking forward to when it does come out to see what it is and stuff. Do you have a favorite like voice acting gig that you've done or something that people may would recognize the game or the movie TV show, something that they would be like, oh, I need to check this out because I want to hear him be in it.
1: Well, one of the things I'm super stoked about right now um, is the Search for the Lost Weld. And that one is it's by a small, um, a small indie designer um, who is, I think it's Idaho. I mean, she's, she's, she's awesome. Um, it's called Mama Makes Games is the name of her company. And um, she's doing like everything herself. Um, I'm playing the role of King Skalakron, uh, which is just a badass character who she designed um, for the most part, not completely. Because if I had a if I had a, a a chest and and you know abs like that, I'd be like hell yeah. But um, <laughs> you call it uh, you know. But other other than that, you know, that she designed it, the character around me and what 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 her and I were discussing. Um, so I'm voicing that character, and uh, that's actually what. My daughter is going to be uh, doing something with as well. I can't say what character and so forth yet, but, um, but that, that game I'm super excited for simply because I know the cast, um, which I can't talk about right now, but um, some of the people that are in the cast that are friends of mine that I brought in um, are just tremendous. And we're finally getting a chance to work with each other on something, which is a lot of fun. Uh, It, it, it's so much better when you get to work with friends Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even if you're not in the same studio or doing the work together in the same studio, it's still a hell of a lot of fun. Um, but that one is one of the things I'm I'm you know most excited about. Um, I'm also doing Rose and Lockett. Um I'm doing what he called the voice for Wrath, which is one of the coolest characters uh in the game, uh, one of the big bosses, and that's that I'm psyched for. Um, you know, the uh man, one of one of my favorite characters that I've done is um what do you call it uh, game day from the weeklings uh series which is uh which is a youtube series? I'm surprised that nobody's picked them up which is it's crazy because it's such a great show and uh, and people love it but i do the i do the voice of game day on that and uh and he's so fun he's all crazy he's you know he's like he's all over the place and I can't do it too loud because I don't want to disturb everybody in the the hotel but um you know he's he's a lot of fun and uh that one's a that one's a cool one uh what else Let's see um, more fun stuff. Oh, there's just so many. There's so many. I, listen, if you know, you know, <laughs> if you don't look it up, I, Oh, I like, I like doing Wyatt Earp. I'm doing Wyatt Earp in finger gun for the Oculus uh, quest Two. So that's a lot of fun. That one's um, you play the game. The game itself was so cool. I said, I need to be a part of that. But you act, you remember old school fingers, finger guns, mm-hmm. So that's how you actually play the game. You gotta shoot with your fingers, and um, yeah. So I do the voice of, of Wyatt. It's it's Wyatt Earp, but um, it's just Wyatt in the game, and uh, you know it's a lot of fun. I always wanted to do a western, so that gave me the opportunity to do opportunity to do a western. Um, yeah, man, and there's a whole bunch of others, but those are those are some of my favorites and some of the ones I'm really psyched for.
0: Is there anything you would change on your journey, or do you feel that the path that you've taken has brought you to where you are and you've grown so much through that journey?
1: I the only thing that I would change, because again, you know, there's certain things that, that happened and, and so forth that um you know that has helped build what I'm supposed, to, you know, where where I am and, and build up to where I am and what I've done. Um so like I don't I wouldn't want to change too much. But what I would change is getting, you know, working with some of the people that I work with that I probably shouldn't have worked with, um, you know, and I had I had feelings that I shouldn't have worked with those people, but I did it anyway, Um, because sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, well, you know, I can do this and I'll be able to handle it. And, you know, there's like I said, there's some real sleazy people out there that will really they will always try to hurt you, Um, you know, and they don't do it up front. They don't do it face to face. They always do it under under everything because they're they're, you know, wussy. (laughs) that's the best way to is that the 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 simplest way to describe it? They're, you know, they're just afraid to do it face on because they know that they'll get crushed. Um so they do it under under the, the, the table. You know what I mean? Um it is what it is. So you know that would be the only thing that I would change. Other than that, you know, and and taking too much selfish time. Um I was at that time I I had something to prove, you know what I mean? I had something to prove and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it work and I don't care what it takes. And, um, you know, could have, could have torn my family apart. Um, but what do you call it? Thankfully, you know, everything was stronger than that. And we're here. And, um, at the end of the day, those are the only couple of things that I would change other than that, the failure I wear them as badges of honor. Um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, the successes, they've been amazing. Um, could I have adjusted a thing or two here and there maybe, but I wouldn't change a thing other than the other two things.
0: The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge?
1: Always be yourself unapologetically, authentically yourself. Never take no for an answer continue to move forward, even when it's painful, even when it hurts, even when you think nothing's going to happen, it's never going to happen. That's when magic does happen. The magic happens right after you get out of that comfort zone, right after you get out of that, that, that space where you're like, you know, oh, nothing's going to work. And and you, you take that one more step. And then all of a sudden, wow, it is working. It's here. It's, it's happening. Um, be in it while it's happening. Don't, don't, lose sight of, of enjoying it while it's happening. Because just because it's, it's happening at that point, doesn't mean that it's going to continue Mm -hmm. to happen. You know what I mean? Some people get that, that uh, the one opportunity, the one shot, and then it, then it peters out. um, And then they don't know what to do with themselves. Enjoy it while you, while you can, um, you know, and then figure out a way to keep that flow and keep that momentum going. Um, You know, for, for me again, all throughout my career, I've learned to deal and go with the ebb and flow of the of the entertainment world. So, you know, there are certain secrets and so forth that that are out there that you'll figure them out if you, you know, if you, you pay attention. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But what do you call it at the end of the day? Um, the fact of the matter is, is that if you work hard, all right, and and you, you really put in 200% uh, and you believe in yourself, you'll succeed in something that you're looking to succeed in. The fact is, is I I don't want to say everybody's going to succeed, but if I could do it, you could do it. And, um, you know, if if you work hard enough, you'll get, you'll, you'll, you'll secure your goals. You'll make them happen. You'll succeed. It is a way to do it.
0: Well, Brimstone, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future has for you.
1: Thank you so much, Alex. It has been an honor and a privilege being here. Thank you again for having me. And anybody who wants to check me out, please hit me up, my official website, therealbrimstone.com. Also my social media. I'm on everything. I am most active on Instagram, at therealbrimstone. It's verified. You know, it's me. It's me. It's me responding, people. Please, it's not my wife. It's not my intern. It's not my assistant. It's me. Um, what do you call it? I promise you, you will get you know an answer back um, you know, don't DM me 5 million things. Sometimes I don't get the, all the DMs because they have, there's different sections of DMs and I don't always see them. Um, but if you write on the, uh, right on photos and so forth, I'll always get to it. Cause I go back and I check to make sure that I hit everybody. So I promise you, I will respond. And I hope that you'll give me a shot. Come hang out and check out all of
0: Tune in next time, to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.